Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. We turn the calendar page and it's another year. Feels like yesterday it was 2023, Marcus. It sure does. And the older we get, Ray, the faster these years roll through. Oh, wait. Yesterday was 2023. We're putting this out on January 1st, right? <laughs> yep. Hung over. And that means that yesterday was 2023. And here we go. With a bit of a hangover as we were talking about what kind of characterization of the year we just had uh, deserved on the 1st of January. A lot of people suffering from hangovers with uh, their parties on New Year's Eve, on New Year's Day. But we we had a bit of a hangover too. I, I feel kind of worn out by a lot of the amazing things that we did in a year. Mm-hmm. That is our fifth year together. Can you believe that part? Had no idea how long it'll go. Have no idea in the future how long it'll go. But as long as we keep doing it, it keeps going. It's a self-perpetuating myth at this point. Totally. It is the imbalanced history of rock and roll. Brought to you as always by our friends at Crooked Eye Brewery in the heart of Hapro. Pouring the cure since 2014. And I can do my math even when we've been smoking before the session and that's 10 years dude february 1st for them is 10 years as a brewery so that's awesome want to celebrate that we'll talk a little bit about that uh, as we get into the next couple of weeks but there's tons to talk about looking back on the year that we had uh, an amazing year working with friends old and new making 88 episodes as a podcast we did 88 including the uh, bent news yeah. Oh, that's a lot. And we wrapped up a busy January last year with one of the last interviews ever with Denny Lane, who we just lost. What a great guy. And he was on the beginning of his last tour. It was an honor to speak with him always. But as far as me doing my own shows, 
I hadn't really worked for, since the pandemic. So, you know, the fact that I'm out there doing it again now, and, you know, I tried one out the other night and it went down really well. So I managed to get everything in there and it was a good night, you know. It's, it's sort of a tester and people like it. You know, they just, as you say, it's, it's more of an intimate thing and it's fun for me. I can, I can move it around if I want to. During the pandemic, which you mentioned, how did you get through the day? How did you manage to get through and uh, keep music happening in your day? You know, I live out in the country in Florida so I mean I, I kind of cut myself off you know uh-huh. well, I was making writing songs and recording ideas and stuff like that you know I spoke to Paul about this was all about the vaccine situation and at the time I didn't believe in it and he said oh you should get it man it's the only way you're going to get any work which is true and so I did and then um, that's when I started working then to do that tour you know yeah, great guy. So sad that he got so sick. Still had so much music he wanted to play, too. He was really fighting hard to recover and get back out on the road and to share music with everybody. In February, we released what Spotify told us is our episode of the year. It's a lot of downloads, buddy. The Fleetwood Mac story, which we both loved doing it, and you did such a great job of producing. Thanks. It was a fun episode to put together, and I learned a lot getting ready for the episode, and there's still so much more to learn, but boy, what a fun and interesting history the band Fleetwood Mac has, going back to the early days and then to what they became. Wow, what an evolution. had fun exploring a show that was influential in both of our musical upbringings the soul train story was part of our year yeah eric danois is fantastic she wrote a great book about the soul train story that episode was really fun because i watched some old episodes on youtube and segments of old episodes and it took me back to my childhood and the importance of soul train on culture large and great and we got lucky that that was a show that was part of our childhood and teen years and she really gave us a great perspective because of the way she came to the story starting out to write a book and then being in the middle of the story when don took his life yeah hey man we've been digging on the blues and telling people stuff that we're learning or relearning about the blues and those influential blues people over the last couple of years of the podcast but memphis minnie and blind lemon jefferson in the same episode was a mind blower for me me too two totally different styles of the blues yet two people who had a huge influence on the rock and roll that we hear today to hear how Memphis Minnie was so badass and to learn about how fucking tough she was and how just great she was. If it keeps on raining, going to break. If it keeps on raining, going to break. And the water gonna come, how 
And Blind Lemon Jefferson, he fought the odds. You know, he battled the system even more so because he had no vision. And the music that he created had such a huge influence on so many people. In April, we did it again, Marcus. Punk Rock Month. And it was just as much fun this year as last, I thought. I think punk rock music needs to be explored a little bit more in the mainstream so that people understand why it was and why these bands did what they did. And we got to explore the plasmatics, which was just wonderful because they're a band who made you uncomfortable. And the only way you can change as a human being is if you get a little uncomfortable and it makes you think and reevaluate a few things. That was one of the things that they wanted to do, and they did it very well, but their music was ferocious. You know, one of the things you said in there is very true. The whole impact of the punk rock movement and so many of the bands, and I think the reason is that for the most part, they were really shitty at self-promotion. And so we're here and alive, unlike some of them. We lost Tom Verlaine this year. Speaking of greats, and I just think we got to keep doing that as long as we do the podcast every year and keep exploring that. And of course, in other months too. Oh yeah. We got on a summer roll here on the imbalance history with an episode about the police. Followed by Peter Gabriel and uh, an episode that was really cool about his solo cycle of four albums, the first four albums. Great episode about Janis Joplin and her life as it led her to the summer of 1967. And we did an episode called 1967 Summer of Love. And that was great, too. It shed a lot of light for me as we did the research. Oh, yeah. That time period, I was just a wee little baby still in a diaper during the Summer of Love. And so... I missed it. My parents weren't really a part of it. My dad liked some of the music, but not a lot of the music. So it was fun learning and then relearning some of the historical stuff that I learned in college about that time period. You know, The Police was a great band to cover because of their importance to both of us in those influential years. 
Peter Gabriel, not only as a musician that we both enjoy, but those first four solo albums were so important in his evolution and growth as a musician, an artist, and as a performer that they needed to happen. And to talk about those four albums was a blast. And then, of course, Janice, a beautiful soul with a sad life. And the things that she did were incredible in her short period. But yes, the sadness underneath it all. Hers was just one part of that story of the summer of 67. And we really got into all the nooks and crannies as much as we could in one episode. Might be something we have to go back and look at again in future episodes. It's the hangover effect here on the imbalance history of rock and roll. We're talking a little bit about the year that was our fifth year closing out at the end of February. Uh, you know, we talked to some pretty impressive authors too. Mick Wall was on the podcast and Scott Shea, and they both talked about the Southern California rock scene, which was so influential throughout the seventies and beyond. Truly, and with Scott Shea's book about the Mamas and the Papas and the whole Laurel Canyon scene, we got a very intense insight onto who the Mamas and Papas were and everything that was peripheral, because that peripheral scene is just as important as the focal point of the book or the story or the documentary. Right, right, right. Scott Shea did an exceptional job sharing that story there were things in the mamas and papas book that made you feel uncomfortable and weren't so nice they made great music they wrote beautiful songs but again the balance of the positive and the negative in the entertainment industry sometimes happens and so you got to see it all with mick wall telling the story of the eagles he does an exceptional job telling that story other things too yep yeah. whether you like the eagles or not that story is important in his story the things that came out of him during that episode were incredible and something else about those two episodes if you think about it uh, uh scott and mick's books when they if you kind of interlock them they pretty much give you the the genesis through the the explosion of the whole southern california scene and it was great to have them on just weeks apart Hey, you know what else was cool for me? I've always been a Straub's fan. And to have David Cousins on the podcast, not only was it an incredible experience to talk to him, but he was so full of stories and energy. He was cool, man. Uh, he's really cool. And I'm familiar with the Straub's, not that knowledgeable by any means, but it was fun learning about them and then hearing his stories and hearing him talk about so much about that time period where the Straubs were really, you know, rolling was so much fun to hear because you get to hear everything that's peripheral to the mainstream and bands like the Straubs are very important in that rock and roll timeline. He really did give us the sense of those things, those elements that maybe a lot of people might have missed, even if they were listening to them back when they were a new band in the 70s. He also told us stuff that we didn't know about his own story. And then everything that he started talking about, his tunings and how it relates to the banjo, blew my fucking mind. So thanks again 
uh, to David for coming on and to Scott Bluebon for setting that up and for all the other stuff that Scott sets up for us in a year. Thanks, buddy. Absolutely. And if you're a guitar nerd, you definitely need to check out the Dave Cousins episode because you will start drooling when he starts talking about his tuning and his playing and some of the funky things that he loves to do as a guitarist. Some people would call that a year in a podcast life, Marcus, but no, we continue to do a great string of episodes uh, through the end of summer into the fall, and it brings us around to a set of circumstances where I posted about the new stuff I was hearing from a long-lost Teddy Pendergrass album, and I got a message from somebody I know, Jim Salamone, who later came on the podcast and told us about his role as the producer on seven of the ten tracks on the Teddy Pendergrass album, which was reissued this year. And that was fun. We learned a lot about Teddy and that whole production aspect. But other things, too, from Jim, uh, telling us about all the different things he did in his career. It's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. That was a fun episode. And to get to hear the Teddy music was just wonderful. Big fan of him. His voice is beautiful. He's tied to the Philadelphia area and... It's always cool to hear stories about albums like this, and holiday albums are great. And then came Crimson. King Crimson, in the form of Toby Amy's, the director of their documentary. And I haven't heard anything from Fripp yet, so I guess we did okay. Yeah, that was a fun episode. I've loved King Crimson since the late 70s, early 80s, when I first heard them and then continued to follow their music forward and go back and learn their older music. I never knew a lot about the individuals or got into the band that heavy, but I've always loved their music. And so to learn about some of the more intricate things about this band and, and the whole mindset on how they roll was fascinating. And to get into Robert Fripp's head, and hear him talk about it and hear everybody else talk about Robert Fripp around him because he is the uh, heart and soul of King Crimson was a blast. And Toby had some great stories. Check out the documentary if you can. The links are in the episode on imbalancedhistory.com. We always tell you at the end of each episode to reach out and let us know what you thought about what we were talking about or if you had input. And some of you have been quite productive this year. Uh, we've become friends with Matthew from Detroit. And uh, he sent us a note just a couple weeks ago. says, Spotify says I listen a lot. I don't disagree. I went back and binged a lot of the older episodes, and I have more to go. Also, thanks to Steve Strickland for reaching out. Yo, youngsters. And I assume much of your support crew are even younger. Enjoy your work. Good that the Sam Cooke cover was acknowledged, but large gaff and not crediting Junior Walker for what does it take? Extra errata, Walker played sax on Foreigner's Urgent. Knew that one. Top five British singers, the genre-defying Robert Palmer. He was a favorite of mine way before he blew up on MTV. We're all nerds, but y'alls make me feel like an elderly hipster. Rock on, lads. Rock on, Steve. Hey, Steve. I got two words for you, Vinegar Joe, all right? Now you know how long I go back with Robert Palmer. We heard from Mike Colbert. Hey, guys, you had a friend of mine on your podcast on November 20th, Jim Salamone. Hmm, did I spell it right? Yes, you did. 
Or no, wait a minute, maybe he didn't. Anyway, I'd like to listen and to check out you guys as well. So how did I get into rock music, you ask? Well, when I was about five years old or so, my uncle played me a guitar instrumental called Rebel Rouser by Dwayne Eddy. Ooh, he was infected from the beginning, wasn't he? Uh, I asked my uncle what sound and instrument that was, and he said, that's a guitar. So I said, I'm going to play a guitar. Well, I've been teaching guitar now for 45 years, and I shared that story with Dwayne Eddy last year, and he wrote back to me, thought you guys might like a little background story. Good luck and looking forward to hearing your podcast. Oh, I know. We'd love to have Dwayne Eddy on. You can tell him he can reach out to us. He can come be on our podcast anytime. I would love to have Dwayne Eddy on our podcast. Absolutely. That would be amazing. Hi, guys. Love the podcast and just listened to your latest drop, the UK Singers from the 70s. And I hadn't realized that Marcus and I had our passion for the godfather of mod in common. Is there a chance of an episode on the man himself, the one and only Paul Weller? I know he appears in casts all over the place, but I cannot recall one that is dedicated. Thanks from Down Under, Clive Elks. We will definitely do an episode on the mod father, Mr. Paul Weller, because he is rad. I concur, and I knew it, Marcus. There's another email from Matt Rulin who wanted to contribute on our uh, top five favorite guitar players thing. He said, I agree it needs to be broken down by decades, which is not a bad idea because it's too tough to do the whole thing, you know? So you guys picked many I would have picked, and Vegas wouldn't have been happy. In my list, I won't duplicate your hour picks and list totally different guitarists. And even doing that was hard to choose. Top five, he listed Jeff Beck, Robert Fripp, who we just were talking about, Carlos Santana, Pete Townsend, and Mark Knopfler. Good stuff. By the way, I think at some point we need to do a listener five favorites on something. That would be a good topic, guitars, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Remember we did the episode, um, I See Dead People, or I Hear Dead People? I think that's what we called it, right? And we couldn't figure out who some of the people were that were on the, uh, the painting uh, the, or the picture that we were working off. And one was definitely called, well, by uh, Flaming Skull Dude, and his other handle is Seabon Scott, uh, as Bon Scott, and you got a message that one might be Gary Moore, right? I did, and it's not bad, and it's a pretty smart guess. And yeah. Looks a lot like him, so. And I was talking about, early in that episode, about the woman serving drinks, and I figured it out. It's Anna Nicole Smith, who passed away a long time ago, too, at a very young age, so. That's pretty cool, man. I We had some fun with that. I'm glad you guys were paying attention because we couldn't figure those out. So thank you very much. Okay. Uh, Mark Chris checked in about the one-hit wonders. What a fantastic episode. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, both of your lists were outstanding. Love the nod to Sniff and the Tears and Nick Gilder. How can you not love Hot Child in the City, man? Again, driver's seat, too. Both great. Yeah. There's so many fun one-hit wonders from the 70s, so... 
He hit me with a couple of them. Uh, MacArthur Park from Richard Harris, grazing in the grass by the Friends of Distinction. Roll that sucker. Also, we got a pretty long dissertation from Linda Newman. Thank you very much for thinking that much on the one-hit wonder subject in general. But uh, not only giving us a link, which we'll put up in this episode uh, about the origin of the band and their name, The Jaggers, that was Donnie Iris's band. He was the three-time uh, one-hit wonder with them and then on his own and then with Wild Cherry. So uh, thank you, Linda Newman. More than ever, you wanted to know about the Jaggers. Anyway, I wish you guys could just record a show where you play all the songs you mentioned. Notice you both excel at hitting those vocal posts. I did a short stint as a DJ, but by the time FM was king and jocks didn't talk up to the vocals anymore. But you guys really brought me back to the carefree days of youth when rock and roll and pop ruled the airwaves. Black, white, Latino, it was all part of one big, wonderful groove. And that's how I remember it. Anyway, thanks so much for the show and keep on rocking. And you know what's funny is she thinks we're hitting the post, but all I'll say is that editing software is a DJ's best friend when you're doing a podcast like the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. I've been thinking about Hefe. Haven't heard from him in too long. I sent him an email the other day. Hopefully we hear back. We miss you, man. No matter where you are in the universe, we miss you. Definitely. So we're wrapping up year number five. Any thoughts about the experience and the music and all that? It's been a wild ride. It's been a lot of fun reading and researching and learning and listening and relearning and talking to so many people and reading some amazing books and seeing some documentaries and having great conversations just about music. It's been a friggin' blast and it's a conversation that I keep enjoying and the older I get I think the more and more I enjoy it I agree with you there man I really do seriously I was at a soccer coach's uh, party for our kids and all the dads that I was talking to started talking about soccer but literally within seven or eight minutes one of the other fathers started talking about music and it was on like Donkey Kong Started talking about concerts and it was so much fun so music conversations i love and i love having them with you we've been having them for over 20 years so i expect them to keep continuing moving forward and we got to thank you guys uh, all over the globe happy holidays whichever ones you're celebrating uh our core audience sure in the u.s and canada uk and australia but we really went international this year. We kept showing up on the chartable charts in in small countries all over the world where it just kind of blows our minds. Even major support now coming in in places like Ireland, which everybody told us when we started this podcast. When Ireland's listening, you're doing great. So thank you, Ireland. And New Zealand and the United Arab Emirates and Kenya, Jordan, 
Dominican Republic, which is a great place to visit. And they're listening to us, man. It's so funny. New Guinea and Ghana and Honduras and Qatar and Cambodia. Whew, all over the place. And, by the way, we had some places right here at home in the United States, like Charleston, West Virginia. Uh, there's a place in Georgia, south of Atlanta, where all town must be listening. Walk around going, what? You know? <laughs> Utica, New York, and Hartford, and New Haven, and Connecticut. Who are you? Where are you? You can always tell us by sending us an email to imbalancedhistory at gmail.com. We'll talk about some of those we lost after the short break and some of the music that maybe we really enjoyed in 2023 as well. It's the hangover episode of the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. Ho, 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 Marcus. It's that time of year, a Crooked Eye Brewery in the heart of Hapro. Time for Santa's arrival and all the joy and yuletide cheer all in one place there as the holiday season gets into full swing at Crooked Eye. Ray, I know you get totally stoked for the holiday season, and we know that people like to gather with their friends, with their family, and Crooked Eye, right in the heart of Hapro, a great place to gather for the holidays. They have a great selection of beers, they have their local spirits, they've got food, live music, all the stuff that makes a great gathering place. And here in the holiday season, they are setting up the celebration of 10 years of pouring the cure for what ails you right there at York and Montgomery and Hapro coming up in February, 10 years of Crooked Eye. And in March, it's five years of us as a podcast, believe it or not. And they've been with us almost since the very beginning. So we go together at the 5 and 10 celebration coming up in the new year. Things to look forward to in 2024. But really, we just want to thank Paul and Paul and everybody there at Crooked Eye uh, for their support this week and every week for forever, basically. And wish them all a very happy Yuletide season. And we'll see you soon. Don't forget, if you're looking for a great place to get together with a friend or family, Crooked Eye in the heart of Hathro. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Back from the break and ready to keep it rolling. Got to have a cold one and then mix in some water and something to eat. That's usually good for a hangover, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Suffering a little bit here to start the new year of the imbalance history. We thought it'd be fun to look back at a lot of the things that happened last year and look forward as well. Sadly, death did not take any holidays, I don't think, at all in 2023 and towards the end of the year marcus we got this picture that i'm looking at and it's kind of like that i hear dead people thing that we posted earlier in the year when we found that mm -hmm. but i get this thing and without looking at the uh, the guide that tells you who's what i open it up and it's kind of like in sergeant pepper fashion and jimmy buffett's in the front this happened just a short time ago because ryan o'neill's behind that peewee's in front of the drum uh, Dame Edna, who's a, a hoot and a favorite forever. Tina Turner, David Crosby, Matthew Perry, Burt Bacharach. Hey, death, go fuck yourself. Jesus Christ, that right there in some years would have been like the loss of star power alone would have been enough to, to break your heart as a, a, a fan of the arts and music. But there's a whole lot more. A huge list. I mean, look, we lost Harry Belafonte. Down the way where the nights are gay and the sun shines daily on the mountain top. I took a trip on a sailing ship and when I reached Jamaica, I made a stop. But I'm sad to say I'm on my way. Won't be back for many a day. My heart is down, my head is turning around. I had to leave a little girl in Kingston Town. We lost the bass player of the Smiths, Andy Rourke. He's a young cat. Anthony Top Topham of the Yardbirds, Robbie Robertson. Tony Bennett. The loveliness of Paris seems somehow sadly gay. The glory that was Rome is of another day. I've been terribly alone and forgotten in Manhattan I'm going home to my city by the bay I left my heart in San Francisco Robbie and Tim Bachman within a few weeks of each other. Brothers Dude. from BTO. Richard Roundtree, the original Shaft, and so much more, right? Yeah, Randy Meisner of the Eagles.
And it seems like just a minute ago, we lost Shane McGowan from the Pogues. We could just sit here and reel off names. I mentioned Tom Verlaine. I'll mention him again. And Gary Rossington, one of my favorite people I ever worked with in the uh, record company days. Yep. I mean, I'm just like blown away by the loss of star power, if you want to call it that. The people and what they did. Glenda Jackson, a groundbreaking actor. Mm-hmm. We lost Ducky, who was also Ilya Kuryakin on The Man from Uncle. David McCallum. Suzanne Summers. And if we're going to go gorgeous gals, Gina Lola Brigida and Raquel Welch, along with Suzanne in the same year. Sinead O'Connor. Just an incredible year of loss of people who made a difference in the world of arts, which affects so many of us in a good way. I know it's going to sound like old guy shit, but this is a year where I really felt like part of my life disappeared week after week. Gary Wright, thinking of him at JFK Stadium in 76, all by himself on stage. One of the coolest things I'd seen to that point at concerts. Not a big fan, but, you know, Jerry Springer, the guy who played Bull on Night Court, Richard Maul, Piper Laurie. I mean, people from all different fields of entertainment and music. The great Burt Young, a vicious character actor. Oh, great character actor. You also had Lisa Marie Presley, you had the great yeah. actor Andre Brar. You had First Lady Rosalind Carter, Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. And the Andre Brower thing really got people because, first off, the guy was totally aware of the irony of his roles, playing that stiff-lipped cop, right, on Homicide, and then playing the gay police captain in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Maybe his best role because his comedy turned out to be pretty incredible, too, as an actor. Super talented character actor. <sighs> we didn't mention Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck. Seemed like he was fine. No big deal. No illness. Just didn't come around one day. I know it happens. I don't have to like it, right? I still don't have to like any of this, right? No. All I would say is cherish the music that you love. And the actors that you love, too. I loved Alan Arkin. What an incredible actor. It goes everywhere. It goes all, all throughout space. So it's the Argonaut. What does Argo mean? I don't know. You don't know? It means Argo fucked itself. <sighs> but this is part of life. The Lion King taught us all that, right? Circle of life stuff. It is, and I expect 2024 will be a rough year as well. We have a lot of musicians, artists, and people that have done some great things in our lifetime or our lifeline of history that we could potentially lose this year. Like the great Norman Lear at 101 years old. Yep. Thank you, Norman Lear, for all of the great shows, and all the laughs, and all you taught us. You don't know nothing about Lady Liberty standing there in the hub. With a torch on high, screaming out to all the nations in the world, send me your poor, your deadbeats, your filthy. <laughs> and all the nations sent them in here. They come swarming in like ants. Your Spanish PRs from the Caribbean. Your Japs, your Chinamen, your Crouch and your Heaves, and your English fans. Oh, come in 
live. And they're all free to live in their own separate sections. There were a lot of firsts this year and finales, too. The debut of The Sphere is a first, right? Mm -hmm. It's also the first time you 2 gigged without Larry Mullen Jr. in the history of the band, right? Correct. I'm sure it was awkward, but they seem to be okay, and hopefully Larry Mullen gets healthy in 2024 because you know he loves gigging with those cats. In the wild ride of pop music, this is the first time ever a pop star's tour grossed over a billion dollars. Who was that person? Times person of the year, Taylor Swift. You mean that woman from Berks County, as the Philadelphia Inquirer put in the headline? Yes, that woman from Berks County. Oh, so funny. This was the year, the first time, that Brenda Lee's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree was number one on the pop charts 65 fucking years after its release. Rockin' Around You know what's really nice this Christmas season is that Brenda's still with us and she got to enjoy that. That's awesome. Isn't that sweet? Yes. Also, uh, space tourism. Virgin Galactic is shooting tourists into space. Are they using a cannon or a rock launcher? Like one of the big boulder launchers you see in Monty Python. And there it goes. Uh, the Virgin Galactic's first space tourism mission is on. That is the VSS Unity rocket plane preparing to enter space after firing off from a spaceport in New Mexico this morning. It landed back in New Mexico roughly an hour after takeoff. And, and protection. Are they using protection? That's what I want to know. They have to Everybody wear a has helmet. to come back and say, yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. That kind of protection. You said they're shooting them into space. I just want to be sure they're protected and they have a way to land them. Off we go into the wild blue They have a way to land, right? They like they came back safely, right? Richard I, Branson's good at stuff, right? He is actually good at stuff, and I can't even imagine going into space to see the world from that view. I it kind of no for me, but kudos to the people who can do it. Sadly, there are finales. Not all the finales are truly sad or tragic, but things that came to an end this year, like Phantom of the Opera. Closing on Broadway after 35 years. I saw it on Broadway. It's amazing. Saw it in Denver. Phantom of the Opera is amazing. We saw finales from Beck and Tina, Pee Wee and Sinead, two of the Bachman brothers, Gina and Raquel, Belafonte and Roundtree. Jimmy Buffett checks out, bubbles up. They will point us towards home No matter how deep or how far we roam They will show you the surface The plot and the purpose So when the journey gets long 
We also were given the gift of the final song from the Beatles via AI. And Aerosmith is at the end of the road, sadly, due to injury. They had to cancel a bunch of dates. Let's hope that we can get a few more out of them in 2024 so they can end on their terms. Billy Joel is counting down to the final dates of his historic monthly Madison Square Garden residency. And he got a visit from Elvis Costello as part of the start of the countdown at the end of 2023. Congrats to Billy, a kid who just wanted to play the garden. He's done pretty well there. And speaking of the garden, kiss in person for the final time appropriately in the city that gave them life. New York fucking city. Kiss at the garden. advent of avatar performances Mm. you predicted it a long time ago on this very podcast marcus and you are right and i also think you're right about the other thing which is definitely going to be a tso style of kiss it's something they will do from a business standpoint or a franchise standpoint and when all that stuff starts following the avatar appearances and stuff like that Remember, you heard about it right here on this very podcast two years ago, at least. At least. Not that we really care about that kind of stuff, but here we are heading into another year. And I guess it's like two months and two days from the release of this episode, we'll be releasing our fifth anniversary episode. And... It could be very interesting. We're still working on the details, but we want it to be tied into the 10th anniversary of our sponsor and friends at Crooked Eye Brewery, who are celebrating 10 years February 1st and us five years March 1st. So somewhere in the middle, we'll figure that whole thing out and we'll tell you about it when it's hitting wherever you get your podcast. And thanks for listening to this one for four point whatever years so far. And if you just found us, you've got some catching up to do. <laughs> Thank you again for taking time out of your lives to listen to the imbalanced history of rock and roll. We appreciate your interaction. You can always email us imbalancedhistory at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, threads at the imbalanced history of rock and roll, our website, imbalancedhistory.com. Till the next time that we gather around these crusty microphones in the Dark Doc Media Studios. I'm Ray Koob. I'm Marcus Goldman. My hangover is almost cured. And this has been the imbalanced history of rock and roll. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 